Zaria Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you as we get you set for Florida State and North Carolina. This episode will serve as a preview for the Knowles and the Tar Heels. We'll also recap the series loss to Wake Forest and then a midweek matchup against the Mercer Bears that was set up in less than 24 hours and Florida State was able to come away with a late inning win. Uh, really had an offensive surge there. So that's what you can expect out of this episode. I want to thank you guys for listening so far this year. Um, we're on Apple Pods, Google Pods, and Spotify as well. Please leave us a review. Email us with questions and comments uh, as well on our Twitter page. So Brett, um, let's, I guess, start with the Wake Forest series because Florida State came in on, I believe it was like a seven-game winning streak. And uh, Wake Forest, you know, um, that's a team that you and I both have talked about being a, a veteran team with some decent arms, a really good lineup that had underperformed. And after that first game where Florida State won 2-1 uh, to one with Parker Messick's great outing and a, a late surge from uh, Elijah Cabell, Saturday and Sunday were pretty disappointing as the Knowles dropped the series. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of it was just, you know, it's just kind of baseball. Um, I thought it was an outlier weekend for the pitching staff. I thought it was um, Wake Forest bats just waking up and started sort of being what they're used to being and being Wake Forest and, you know, some of those older guys for them waking up. You know, Seymour has two homers on the Sunday game. Um, you know, this was a team that kind of got to Connor Grady a bit a few years ago, so it wasn't really a huge surprise to see those bats come awake, but um, a bit of a surprise to see Florida State pitch um, or get knocked around as much as they did, even though they were going against a good lineup. But um, definitely think it's an outlier moving forward for the pitching staff. Yeah, Wake Forest came in at 6-8 and eight and 2-6 and six in the ACC. I think Florida State, a lot of people were starting to, you know, buy the stock because the Knowles were playing really well. And, um, you know, after Friday, we'll, we'll, let's break it down. 2-1 to one win for FSU on Friday. Parker Messick outstanding again. Six innings, three hits, one earned run, three walks, 11 strikeouts. And you and I, you know, the theme that we have been – kind of putting out on this podcast is if you can pitch you're going to have a chance in every single ball game and Elijah Cabell came through in the seventh inning yeah and I mean it was good to see him come off the bench good to see me to go to him there um you know we talked about I think that he had had a couple of those pinch hit opportunities in big blowouts and we thought he had had some good at bats um you know he pays off for him right there um you know Parker keeps him in the game that whole time they get a good job out of the bullpen three strong innings out of the pen um, you know, Elijah, that was just that's kind of just the beginning of, for him um, to where he's at now. Uh, but he, he's just been hitting the ball hard ever since he came back off the bench uh, recently. Yeah, so Florida State, 2-1 to one on Friday. You kind of felt good. Not only that the Knowles would maybe win the series, I don't think many Seminole fans or even experts or those who cover the game thought the Wake would win the series. Um, but then you started to think about a sweep, right? And uh, Saturday comes around. Knowles put up a four spot in the bottom of the uh, first inning. Uh, back and forth affair. And I think this is when Wake Forest kind of figured it out offensively. Guys like uh, Brock Wilkin, a, a stud, really a freshman that's, I believe, uh, from the Florida, uh, from the state of Florida. He's a Central Florida guy. Bobby Seymour and Chris Lanzilli, uh, they got going this weekend. Those are two names that have been ACC Player of the Year and, and a first team All American as well, I believe. And Shane Muntz, a, a really talented catcher. But the story, I think, Saturday was that um, the Knowles offensively, I thought, played pretty well against William Fleming, but Bryce Hubbard really just didn't have um, the outing that I think he was hoping for. I thought Bryce was just up in the zone a bit and wasn't his what he's shown this year and kind of got back to what he was doing last year. And um, I thought he got uncomposed a bit. Um, you know, he was get pretty angry with himself, you could tell, on the mound. And uh, fastball was up, curve was up. And really it was just Brock Wilkin doing damage on him. I mean, he had all six RBIs against him. 
Um, couldn't really get the ball past him. Gave up a grand slam to him. Um, you know, and the thing was, Florida State was hitting well, but they didn't score. Um, they didn't really do much of anything in the last five innings. I mean, they were down one run for most of it, and they just couldn't really – they just couldn't get it going after the strong start against Fleming. And most of Florida State's runs came off of homers. Um, you know, I think Reese hit the grand slam in that first inning. Um, you also had a homer from Vince Smith down the line, and you had Cabell homer over the right field fence. Um, you know, seeing Cabell go right field and use that right field fence a lot is that's what he was doing his best. That's when he was at his best last year, so that was a really good sign to see. But um, just not much going against against Wake's Penn at all. Um, those guys, I thought Florida State got a little amped up at the end of the game and kind of got outside of themselves in a close game, trailing for the first time in a while. Um, swung, swung in a lot of pitches high and outside the zone. I think some of that has a bit to do with what Wake Forest was doing, but um, Florida State's been a little. Um, they've they've been up. They've been up that in the zone a bit a f- few times this year. Um, so I think that's definitely a way teams will attack this offense at times. But um, definitely a game Florida State let it get get away from themselves after um, a couple leads in the game. Yeah, you know, Florida State had some chances there at the end of the game. Uh, I think the game ended with uh, two on for Robbie Martin. And honestly, if you're Florida State, that's the guy you wanted at the plate, right? Like, the, if you had one guy right now, other than maybe Matt Nelson, who you want at the plate to try and win it for you, I think, I mean, Robbie Martin's a pretty safe bet. So, uh, Knowles couldn't get it done. They drop uh, eight to seven. The series tied there at one to one. Um, Hubbard's stuff was still pretty good. Seven strikeouts and in three innings, only walked one. But, um, yeah, Brock Wilkin made him pay twice. And I think that was the story was Wilkin just was really all over him. And uh, sometimes, you know, good, talented hitters, they, they have the upper hand on some weeks. I think more times than not, you can count on Bryce Hubbard to get the job done. And I think he'll do that this weekend against North Carolina. All right, so 8-7 to seven there. We mentioned that it's 1-1. One to one. Let's move on to Sunday. Um, Knowles did blast three home runs on Saturday. Sunday, a very similar game, more offense, um, really a, a slugfest from the beginning. Knowles took a lead again in the bottom of the first, two nothing, but in the end would fall twelve to ten in what would be a back and forth affair. Yeah, just overall a bit of a crazy game. Florida State's down ten to five at one point. Wake Forest has a, they called the pen. There's no one really warming up into the pen. They leave their guy in. Meets all. Meets not very happy. Um, you know, they get two outs, and then Reese Albert comes through again with another homer, and Florida State ends up scoring, tying the game. But, um, you know, you get an error in the eighth inning. I think it was Florida State's first error of the weekend. Um, Vince Smith just, I think he just missed a slow roller, went under his glove, um, gave them the lead, and then a wild pitch gave them an insurance run. I just thought it was overall a sloppy game for Florida State on the mound and, and, and in the field a bit. Um, you know, they had a lot of wild pitches. It seemed that Nelly was really starting to wear down. Um, that day, I think Florida State had six wild pitches on the day. Um, you know, I think Florida State had a bit, a few walks as well. Um, eight walks that day. I don't think Florida State's number had been that high since the first weekend of the season. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, they're still struck out. I mean, they didn't really get any strikeouts for the first time in a long time. Only five strikeouts into the game. Um, you know, Florida State used a ton of pitchers, and they just a lot of them struggled in different ways. Um, you know, Hare ends up getting the loss. I think um, with the two unearned runs. Or one unearned run, um, you know, B-Walk comes in. He get, has some trouble. Um, Scalaro had some trouble. Gave up a homer. Montgomery had some struggles. Um, you know, they got Grady again for the second time in the last three years. Um, but, you know, it's you, I just don't think it's going to happen many times. And it was still at least good to see Florida State do what they're doing. I mean, Matthew Nelson is unstoppable at the plate right now. Two homers in the game. I think he's third in the nation with ten homers. Um, you know, your whole two through four all have two or, two or three hits. White Corral goes three for three. Um, you know, it was a good day at the plate, but, you know, just couldn't find those timely hits again at the end. But 
Um, you know, the weekend, it falls on the pitching staff, I think, and there's not many times we're going to be able to say that. And I just think, like I said before, I think it's, it's really going to be an outlier moving forward. So I don't think this is the most worrisome weekend for Florida State. It's a missed opportunity, but it's not something that they – I don't think it's a long-term issue or a long-term worry for this coaching staff. Yeah, I think the one foundational piece I'm most confident in with Florida State is the starting pitching. So um, I feel good about where FSU lies there. I think it's an off weekend. Everybody um, has a bad weekend, I think, on the mound. And it's good to see the bats still really playing well right now. now you know, 10 runs, nothing to, to really sneeze at. FSU, I think, hit eight home runs in the final two days. Yeah, if so. you told me Florida State was is going to score seven or ten runs in any game moving forward, I'm going to tell you Florida State's probably winning that game. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable coming out of this weekend with where this team is at, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's baseball. Let's go ahead and uh, mention that. Yeah, well, well, let's let's move on. But also, Meat said Ooh. this is a consensus top 20 preseason team. Wake Forest has a lot of guys that have played a lot of college baseball. So, um, yeah, they got on. guys that, I mean, we talked about it in the preview pod, the numbers they had coming in, um, you know, just weren't the same as what they had done for their career. And these guys just found it this weekend. And I mean, don't, I mean, Dick Hauser can be some, a nice place to hit and get on fire sometimes for some guys. And we definitely saw that this weekend. The Seymour kid's really good. I mean, that's your 2019 ACC yeah. player of the year. And he hit two home runs on Sunday. And I think he could have had a third, uh, mm-hmm. either SAS, what, what day was it that Albert, Albert robbed him Saturday. Yeah, so <laughs> they're good guys. Like that's a, it's a good Wake Forest team. Um, I think you know that's one of those clubs that I think makes a late surge into a regional. So um, yeah, it's tough because you lost at home, which is weird that FSU's been playing better away from Tallahassee than at home. But what are they six and five at home now? Something weird like that. I don't. I don't. Know. It's confusing, but also it's baseball. So um, you got to move eight ahead. and seven at home and five and one on the road. Makes no sense. But that again, that's the game. And um, I always feel like parks matter more, you know, than, you know, like the, the dimensions matter more than maybe the, the amount of fans that are in the stadium in baseball. So it's a place that's hitter friendly for a lot of people. And, you know, some teams have taken advantage of, of Hauser. But all right. Well, Knowles, they dropped two out of three. It was disappointing because the Knowles had an opportunity there, but it was good to see I, the bats still. Going I still I, I feel like there were more positives that came out of this weekend than negatives, really. I, I fail to say positive whenever you lose a series at home in general. but I don't think it was a positive weekend, but yeah, the things that we look back on, I think when you look back and you see, you know, Cabell's hitting, um, you know, Nelly's doing what he's doing, um, you know, Corral's still really hitting, Reese is starting to get it going a bit. Um, you know, you, it's one of, and I mean, played good defense again besides maybe one, one error. I mean, it's tough. I mean, like like we've said before in a couple other series, it's just been you know you played well in a couple phases and you just didn't do it well in one other phase and it kind of cost you. But yeah, I mean, you lost a game by one run and the other game by two runs, so it's not mm-hmm. like you were out of any game. And and I'm not saying you know it's you know when I say I, I don't think it's a positive weekend overall. Uh, I I mean I don't think you can ever take a positive out of losing two out of three, but it's just not an alarming weekend for me. Basically, no. the team still looks strong in areas, and the area that they did not look strong. I feel that that's the place that you can put that you can put your most confidence in. So mm-hmm. it happens. They I bounce. Think, back. I just think the the biggest negative is really well, not the biggest negative, but one of my biggest negatives is just you know Nander's injury, um, and then also Lacey getting hurt, re-hurting what he had when trying to come back on Saturday or Sunday. Um, you know, Florida State is just really starting to get into trouble with the depth of their lineup because of just this injury bug that they can't seem to get rid of and. 
Uh, we don't really know how long Nander's going to be out, but it doesn't sound great about an oblique. You never know what, what they're pretty, sounds like they're going to be super cautious with it. Um, you know, Nelly missed a Wednesday game. Sounds like that was more rest than anything, trying to get rid of some swelling uh, meat side. And then Lacey, we don't really know where he's at with his hamstring injury. So, you know, Florida State, their depth really isn't proving them much in the bottom of the order. And that's kind of hurt them some in late game situations and really just hope to get some of these guys back soon. I think that's the biggest worry for Florida State right now for me long term. Yeah, for sure. I think you're spot on. All right, let's move on to Mercer and touch on this quickly because we do want to preview UNC as well. Um, That game was interesting. I mean, the first six and a half, seven innings, I think we'll say six innings took like it felt like 55 minutes or something like that. Jack Anderson was mowing them down. Florida State was kind of going pretty quickly in the order as well. Give Mercer some credit. They, they pitched pretty well. This game was planned. I mean, in less than 24 hours, Mercer needed a game. Florida State needed a game. The Mercer could not play Florida on Tuesday because of a rainout. Um, so they come to Tallahassee. They get their game in while they're, you know, in the area. And um, they're up one nothing after Jack Anderson's uh, perfect game bid is ended with a, a home run. But then, like, the bottom of the seventh felt like it took an hour and a half itself. Florida State puts up eight runs there. Elijah Cabell hits another one of his uh, kabombs, as, as that's been called now. And uh, I thought a lot of guys actually put some really good swings on the baseball in that inning. And in the end, Florida State's pitching gave its offense a chance there in the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, and like we've said so many times, like, we just think that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, it wasn't over the weekend, but they bounced back quickly. I mean... Most of that is just the Jack Anderson show, like Meat called it after the game. Um, that was special. I don't think it gets much better than that. Um, you know, Mercer came in with guys with, I think seven of nine in the order, eight and nine in the hor- of the order, hitting two ninety plus. Um, there's a lot of veteran guys in that lineup. It's a lineup that can really hit. Um, you know, they always hit. That's why they're always in regionals. Um, but he was just pound the strike zone, pound the strike zone, let his defense do work. Um, you know. I think seven outs away from a perfect game when he gives up a home run, a good good pitch, I thought. I think it was 92 on the black. Um, you know, Mitchie just gets a nice swing on the ball um, for his sixth homer of the year, gives them a lead. But Florida State immediately responds. Um, you know, like we've said so many times, hitting is contagious. I think you saw the best example of that in Florida State's um, seventh inning. I mean, they just like, you know, you get a single from Robbie. I think that ball was ripped right up the middle, right over the pitcher's head. Elijah just destroys a, a curveball to center field. Um, you know, Kabam, like you said, for a two-run homer. And then, you know, Reese goes opposite field with a line drive single. And then Corral hits a ball that was absolutely tagged to center field. I just for, you know, that was FC's first triple of the year. I, I just looked at the stats for the game and said, we don't have a triple this year. How do we not have a triple as a whole team? You know, he gets their first triple of the year to extend the lead. Um, you know, Vince Smith comes through with a productive out for a sack fly. Um, you know, and then you get the, you know, you get Colton Vincent with the walk, Tyler Martin singles, um, you know, and then Robbie comes through with another single and then Elijah caps it off with his second hard hit of the, of the inning. I mean, you think that ball was ripped right, right up the middle, just like Robbie's. Um, there were just a lot of really good swings that inning and the ball just getting crushed over and over again. Um, and, you know, Jack Anderson, it was just, that was, it was lights out. Um, you know, I think he's definitely made a case for more innings, more starts, um, you know, he needs a bigger role in this in this rotation. I don't really know why he didn't throw over the weekend, especially when a midweek game wasn't scheduled. Didn't really make sense to me not to throw him at least on Sunday when you get a short start. I mean, he's supposed to be Florida State's bridge, but, um, you know, they went another direction. I think he definitely proved to them. I think he was out there to prove something to them that he needs to be used more, and he definitely did that. 
So I think we're going to see a lot more Jack Anderson going forward as we should. Um, and then, you know, Clayton Kaskey was his normal self, really good. Um, you know, B-Walk gives him a one, two, three, three inning to end it. So that was really good to see him come out there and throw strikes and get a quick inning. Um, Florida State just threw, threw to the strike zone all night. I think they had one walk the entire night. Um, just, just really good. I thought it was really good all around. I don't think we made an error again. Um, I think Florida State's fielding percentage is up to 972. If you told me that was the case after 20, 20 games coming into the season, I would have said Florida State must be having a really nice, really nice season so far. Yeah, Brett, I think something like, I don't know, uh, in his last like 11 or so innings, Jack Anderson's given up just three hits, one earned run, no walks, 12 strikeouts, like spanning three appearances. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about after that, I think it was the UCF game, how it was just, you know, painting the black, painting the black, painting the black with all of his pitches, efficient. And then that's all he did last night, too. I mean, when you throw, when you're not missing spots, no matter what you have, you're not going to get hit. And, you know, the stuff's also been up. I think he was 92-93 in the first inning, 90-92 for most of the outing. Slider was right in the mid-80s. You know, it was just really good last night. I don't think it it, it was just, you know, he was locked in. It was just mowing guys down and going, going, going. Tempo was up. It was, I don't think Florida State could have even imagined what they were going to get from him. And, I mean, I know, you know, not to get too personal with it, but, like, you and him go back to high school. So, like, you've seen it more times than not the kid works hard like the guy the guy is very much dedicated to his craft um how what was it like for you to kind of see him have the best performance of his career yeah well it was it was weird to, it was weird to talk to him in press conference um you know just a high school teammate but um you know i know jack is that's what he did in high school you know he was a starter in high school was a candidate to start this week and the weekends this year um you know i think he's a guy that would get drafted at the end of this season so florida state definitely needs to use him as much as possible, I think, and, you know, get their, get their work out of him, you know, but if he did come out, come back next year, I think it'd be hard to keep him out of a week in rotation. Um, you know, this is kind of what Florida State expected when they got him as a recruit, um, you know, adding the slider when he got, when he, when Bellinger got here has completely made him a whole new pitcher has made him, um, has given him the ability to work off his fastball more, um, instead of when he had a loopy breaking ball coming in. So, um, you know, he's definitely worked hard to make some changes to his game, and it's paid off for him for sure. And what's that like? And not to give him a number on, you know, where he stacks up in this in this FSU pitching staff because that's not the point of it. But it's just like if that's your five or sixth guy, right, like who can start, that just kind of reiterates how ridiculous this yeah, staff is. Yeah. I mean, you just had a kid go six and two-thirds of a perfect game and he's not your weekend guy, and he's maybe not even your first option on a, on a midweek. Like, I mean, that's ridiculous. This staff is absolutely loaded. Yeah, and Crowell was probably your sixth guy, and Crowell's a lefty that can get it up to 93, 94. Um, you know, like we've said over and over, it's just there's depth here, there's talent, there's matchups. Um, you know, like we said, you know, they had a rough weekend against Wake, but it's just, I, I, it's just not going to happen many times. I mean, a lineup gets you once in a while. A lineup has your number. Pitt had their number a bit. A lot of that had to do with Bell knowing a bunch of the guys. But, you know, when it comes to the end of the season, I think this staff is going to be one of the best in the postseason. I mean, it's the best in the ACC right now, um, statistically. So it's continuing to, to do what it's supposed to do. Shout out Clayton Kwiatkowski. Like, man. This is another Jesuit Tiger. Okay. He, is, he has gone from someone, I think, at times when he would come into the games, fans and media would go, Oh man, they brought Kwiatkowski in, and now it's hell yeah, Kwiatkowski's in. I mean, they, I mean, he's worked at his, you know, he's worked on his craft. Give give Belly a lot of credit because he's helped Kwiatkowski take his game to another level. The fastball's up. I think I saw a couple of ninety, uh, you know, some ones and twos from uh, Kwiatkowski, and that breaking ball. He has he's always had it, 
and now he's turned it into an even bigger weapon. He's throwing it for strikes. He's throwing it to righties, to lefties. He can put away whoever he wants. I think you could argue, by the way, Clayton Kwiatkowski might be the best bullpen arm in the ACC right now. Like, you could make the case oh, that stats, he is. definitely, yeah. I mean, well, that's all you can do out of the bullpen, right, yeah. is, 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 effi- is effectiveness. I mean, there's definitely some more powerful arms that, you know, you would probably pick to throw a ninth inning or something, but... Um, you know, a matchup arm. He's a matchup arm. He's a guy who can give you innings too. Um, you know, he can get righties out. He just, he just, you know, he's a veteran guy that pitches like a veteran. He's he's out there doing a job. Um, you know, it just makes it look easy most of the time. You know, I know he was pretty frustrated. He walked a guy last night, but was able to get Florida State out of a bases loaded jam that gave them the chance to have that big inning. But um, you know, I think he's given up two or three hits this year um, in about eleven innings worked, maybe four. Um, but just can't get much better than he's been so far this year. Had one little blunder with a couple walks against Wake Forest, but was also um, in his third inning of work. Thought he might have been overworked a little bit, but um, other than that, he's been. I don't. That was the first inning of runs he gave up the entire year. Um, you know, he's got 13 innings this year, six hits, and 21 Ks. And 21 Ks, 13 innings. It's pretty good. Yeah. Also good to see Brandon Walker get in there uh, against Mercer, a clean inning to, to finish that one off. It seems like they're, they're they trying really, to find they really, ways. Yeah, they really want to have B-Walk in there as a back-end guy. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear that they're trying to work him into being uh, an important pitcher for them when I mean, the year yeah, comes you, down you know, to the end. Yeah, you see the stuff every time he steps out there, too. It's just the... Throwing more strikes, too. It's, it's just been the nice consistency that they need from him more. Yeah. And that's, what, that's why the more he goes out there, the more consistent he's going to get, I think. And, um, you know, like I've said a couple times, I think... You know, he could be a back-end guy for Florida State by the end of the year, and especially by next year. And then shout-out Tyler Ahern. Uh, I know he didn't have the the outing that he wanted against Mercer, but, gosh, over the weekend. Nine up, nine down. 97 to 98, I think I saw a couple times. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to reiterate, guys, that this staff's gross. It's It's got arms for days. It's got a little bit of everything. Um, and I think as the year goes on, you will see why having a pitching staff of this elite caliber is so important to making runs to Omaha. So, um, yeah, two and two on the week. Florida State didn't really drop um, much in the uh, – I don't. Did, no, they didn't drop like, much in the polls, like a yeah, spot or like a couple spots. Spot. Yeah. yeah, they're still a top 20 team. And then now we'll talk about North Carolina. All right, so UNC, for those of you that don't know, uh, Mike Fox, legendary coach for them, uh, stepped down. Uh, man, Mike Fox has been um, – Really, if Mike Martin Sr., if 11 is on the Mount Rushmore, Mike Fox is is at least on the Mount Rushmore of ACC coaching because he's been around. I can name you player after player that's in the MLB right now because of Mike Fox from UNC. I think they actually opened with eight today. Today's opening day for Major League Baseball. I believe I saw a stat that said UNC has eight opening day um, alums or guys who pitch there uh, in the pros. So Mike Fox has been a, a big part of that. And a big part of that too has been Scott Forbes, who was their pitching coach for such a long time. He is now the head man in charge. He was with Winthrop and East Carolina um, before coming back to Chapel Hill to take over for uh, Coach Fox. So uh, it's a UNC team that has a lot of talent. I don't think they had the preseason love that they have had in the past. People thought that they might take a step back, but there is a really good recruiting class they brought in. They've got a, a really uh, nice stud from Juco in uh, Justice Thompson, who plays center field. He's actually played his junior college ball, I want to say at Northwest uh, Florida State. I, I'm pretty sure that sounds right. And if that name, that school sounds familiar, I think that's also where uh, Mike Salvatore played his uh, junior college ball. So he'll be back here. He's a Tampa kid, I believe, a Central Florida kid, and he'll be yeah, back King playing. High School. He's from what? King High School in Tampa. So I was right. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. Good memory. And um, yeah, the Tar Heels are always 
a tough out. And they were playing pretty well until this past week where they got swept by NC State, who was really struggling. Um, but that's another team, NC State, by the way. That lineup is is a veteran lineup that has a lot of swings in college in their careers. And they just had a weekend because it is baseball and things do happen. Um, and then UNC lost to East Carolina, I think, Brett. Uh, they were up five in like the eighth inning. <laughs> yeah. They lost 11, 11 to 10. 10 on a walk-off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I actually talked to Scott Forbes earlier today. I'm um, doing one of the games this weekend. And he was just talking about how like baseball – will humble you very quickly. And and I was like telling him, you know, Florida State thought they were on top of the world just a couple weeks ago. And um, it, he was like, yeah, that's a, a really good Florida State team. I'm a huge Messick fan. The guy competes maybe better than anybody else in the ACC on the mound on Friday nights. And so he had a lot of great things to say about meat and about this Florida State program. And he's excited. He goes, this is one of the best atmospheres you'll find in the ACC, probably the best in his opinion. Um, so his team's excited to come down here. Um, but when you look at them, Brett, um, I can read out stats if I want, but I'm going to throw it to you. Um, what are some areas that stand out about the heels? Well, they seem to be sim- pretty similar to Florida State offensive numbers-wise. I mean, Florida State's hitting 252. They're hitting 255. Um, you know, they have more slug than Florida State. Florida State's getting on base more than them. But the numbers are quite similar across the board. Um, you know, they get some more stolen bases, but a lot of that is Thompson. Um, you know, they've been up and down on the mound, I think. Um, you know, their Friday night starter has been really good, had one really bad outing last week, and that's really skewed his numbers. But, you know, going into that, he had one of the best num- – had some of the best numbers in in the ACC. Um, you know, I think their pitching staff is on the younger side um, somewhat. Um, you know, one of their weekend guys is a freshman. Um, there's definitely a lot of potential in the, on the team, like you said. Um, you know, they, they fundamentally it seems like they're one of the top teams in the ACC. I mean, 978 fielding percentage – um, tough to find much better than that around college baseball. Um, so I'm sure, you know, I think this will be, I don't think this will be any kind of weekend where you see any sort of blowouts. I think it's a team that is going to try to, is really looking for a bounce back after getting swept last week. Um, you know, obviously they've got, I think they've got a couple arms here in the bullpen that stand out. You know, Lance Lottie, I think has been there for a while. He's got 11 innings this, this season might be one of those back end guys for them. Got a couple different guys that have saves, um, overall, I think it, it could be a good matchup wise for Florida state and just a good matchup to watch, um, for people in call. I think it's just going to be a close weekend all around. I think, yeah, I think some names that stand out from just familiarity, um, Caden O'Brien's another one that's kind of been in and out of the starting rotation for them. And, and in the back end of the bullpen, he's got really good stuff. I think he's a draftable kid. Joey Lancelotti is someone that you just mentioned that, I mean, there was a time where people were like automatic first round pick. Like they, they were in love with what Lancelotti could do because the fastball played up immediately when he came to school. Um, Austin Love is their Friday night horse, uh, 36 innings, 11 walks to 40 strikeouts, batters just hitting 215. Looks like, you know, he's going to make you put the ball in play. And FSU's going to have to try and figure him out. Max Alba and, and Max Carlson, uh, the two Maxes, on Saturday and Sunday. Um, kind of different. Alba doesn't really walk anybody. Carlson's had an issue with the walks. Um, but Alba's a, a hittable guy, 27 hits and 26 and a third. So um, you kind of feel good again, you know, on Sunday if you get there with a you know either a rubber match or if you're going for the sweep. Um, other guys in their... Let's see their staff. Uh, Connor Olio has been there for a little while, too. Uh, Will Sandy has been in their rotation before. Um, he's not having the year that I think he was hoping for. But in the in the lineup, you know, Justice Thompson, we mentioned him. He's a stud. Caleb Roberts can hit. Angel, uh, Angel Zarate, uh, Tomas Frick, um, and Soretti has been there a while. Soretti's actually underperforming. That's a really talented kid that they expected to be 
a lot better. Um, and then I, I looked through that lineup, and um, it's a team that I think plays a lot better when they're in Chapel Hill than they do when they're on the road. Yeah, um, ten, the rec- yeah. yeah the ten and five is, at home, yeah. three and five away. And like historically, they've been like that too. Like they're really tough. Um, at, uh, I think it's Boshamer is the name of their park, uh, Pretty Park. Um, I've actually been twice, and uh, it's it's a really nice venue. Um, but it's a UNC team that I think has more pedigree than they have quality right now, at least the last couple of years. And they've had some really big-time players over the years with some really cool names. I think Sky Bolt was one that comes to mind. Kid had a, a perfect baseball name. And so um, this is not the UNC teams of the past. I think Florida State should be the favorite here. Uh, you like Messick on Friday. I think Love can give them a chance. But then you really like Saturday and Sunday, I think, if you're FSU. And if the bats stay the way that they've been, I have a feeling Florida State comes away with two out of three. Yeah, I think UNC is a team that really relies on Thompson and Caleb Roberts. Um, you know, those are the two guys that really stand out in their lineup. I mean, Thompson's one of those guys that has um, power-speed combo, you know, four homers this year, and he's stolen 11 bases already in 12 attempts. So be interesting to see how much they want to run on Matt Nelson. I mean, if he's in there, um, you know, teams really – I think Nelly's only given up three stolen bases still this year in seven attempts. Um, you know, Caleb Roberts is kind of their their producer there in the middle, you know, 18 RBIs, um, second on the team. Like you said, Serenity's the middle-of-the-order guy for them. But he hit 200, but he still has – five bombs, um, you know, has 19 RBIs lead the team. But Caleb Roberts and, and Thompson have really been the two guys for them this year. Um, you know, Thompson, I mean, Roberts got a 605 slug to lead the team. Um, you know, the only thing about Thompson is he's got prone, he's, ability, he's prone to some strikeouts. But um, that's a kid that's going to be electric for them. Definitely a kid that Florida State needs to keep off the base pass, base paths. Um, Six foot four, by the way. Yeah, and I think he's stolen. I'm pretty sure he's stolen home this year at some point. Remember seeing that he's robbed a homer, um, kind of a highlight real kid that does a lot of things really well. He's going to make some money someday. Yeah, probably this summer. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the kid that Florida State's probably going to have the most um, spotlight on in the lineup, I think. Yeah, and I'm looking at some of these names, and I've got to do some more research before these broadcasts. But uh, Dallas Tesser is a name that's been around a while, and Mikey Maddich, and both guys have a combined 21 at bats. So. I got to figure out why those two aren't playing. Uh, Jake Holtzapple, another one that's not doing, you know, only has three starts on the year. So those are just names that I can remember from the past. Um, you know, it's like the similar if you would see like a Reese Albert or, a, for example, a, an Elijah Cabell, and they're not in the lineup, and you go, well, why not? Um, and so you got to, I got to figure that out. But it's a team that fields really well. Nine seventy eight, yeah, folks. That's that's elite. That's one of the better fielding percentage teams in the country. And uh, Scott Forbes told me today, you know, we want to pitch, we want to play defense. That's the foundation of our program. Um, and so I don't think UNC is going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I think they're sort of similar in in what they want to do this year to FSU. I think they want to rely on homers somewhat, rely on the beginning, rely on defense, um, as Florida State's been able to, able to this year, and and try to pitch it. I just don't think they have as much talent on de- or depth um, well, not nearly as much talent or depth on the mound as Florida State, honestly. I think that's just the big difference between these two teams. The last time UNC played Florida State, Brett, in Tallahassee, was that 2017? I don't think they came here in 2019. I would have to look. I'm, no, I, I know I called the series. I'm, I'm trying to think. Who was the, the flamethrower they had on Friday? Uh, J.B. Bukowskis. Yes. That sounds familiar. He's in the major leagues. They had leagues. a loaded staff. I'm pretty sure all three of the guys in that staff were drafted. Yeah, I watched. They were a top uh, ten team that year, weren't they? Yeah, I think I actually only had Saturday and Sunday's games, and I watched the Friday game from Chip Baker's office, and uh, there were. Here they went Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They swept Florida State. That's all I know. I, I know there, there were a lot of close games. They had a kid named Michael Bush. 
Mm-hmm. If that name comes to mind, he was clutch all weekend. There was a bunch of close games. I just remember Bukaskis threw 101, and I was like, I've never seen that <laughs> at Hauser. Um, and there was like 45 scouts in attendance. It was crazy. Um, did he go? Was he top 10? Did he? he was, was he a top five pick? First rounder. Yeah, Astro. He was Astros. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, blast from the past. But this UNC team swept Florida State back in 2017. So um, anyone who thinks just because FSU is better probably with a roster that they're going to win the series, you found out against Wake that that's not always the case. And uh, this is a Carolina program that's really proud. So big weekend for FSU. I would love to see them come back and win the series um, over UNC. And uh, it's a big weekend, I think. For uh, postseason jockeying, I think FSU is really in the mix for a a, a regional host right now, and, and you know they're right there for one. And you got to win series like this, I think, in Tallahassee if you want to kind of be on the positive side of that. Yeah, definitely, because Florida State's got some tough road series coming up as well, um, where you know you're, you're probably going to be happy getting out of there without a sweep. I mean, we go to Georgia Tech. Um, looking, I'm trying to find FSU in RPI right now. I know they were somewhere around 36 going into last week. Um, I think Meat said that yeah they're fifty nine they're fifty nine now but this early in the season it's kind of back and forth I mean Florida's not even a, a quadrant one team that's not a quadrant one win for state yet but six and six in Q one so far five and one um, in Q two I'm trying to find where North Carolina is at sixty uh, sixth is North Carolina right now so that'd be a Q two win for Florida State right now um, but. Yeah, I think this is definitely a weekend where Florida State's going to need to get a series win um, just coming off that, that weekend loss to Wake Forest. Um, only pitcher I really have anything on is Austin Love, and of the weekend guys. Just believe he's 92, 93-ish right-handed pitcher with fastball. Um, could be up to 95 at some point. Uh, but we'll probably sit in the 90 to 93 range later in the game. He touched 90, um, 98 in the fall, I believe. Yeah, but I think he'll be more in that 92, 93 range for most of the game with a slider and a changeup. Um, the changeup's really good. That's, yeah. that's his out pitch. Um, but apparently he struggled to lefties with that pitch at times, so that's going to be something. Um, it's more like a Davis hair. It's a hard changeup, a little bit split action to it. Um, but he hasn't commanded it, is what Coach Forbes said, which is why lefties have been able to have some success against him. Yeah, and then just the other thing is just, we're just I mean, just we're on that injury watch at this point with Florida State. I mean, you're watching Matthew Nelson. You're watching Logan Lacey. I mean, if Florida State gets all those guys in there right now, if they had their full starting nine, Florida State's lineup would be looking really, really good. I mean, you got at the top, T-Mart's hitting 348. Nelly hitting second would be 343. Robbie, 326. Elijah's hitting 293. Um, I mean, if you get 250 plus from Elijah, I think you're pretty happy. And 293 right now is, I mean, that's that's you couldn't ask for better from Elijah. I mean, the K's are still there, but when he's putting the ball in play, it's 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 going for a hit basically, or it's going for extra bases. Lacey would be hitting 309 in there somewhere. Crowell's hitting 316. Um, you know, Nander's not pretty, but it's 234. Um, you know, that's not bad for your bottom two hitter. And you know, Reese is in 217, but you know what you're going to get from Reese at some point. So I think we're going to be on that injury watch again, probably. And then I was thinking back, I think eight of nine Florida State players this year, eight of nine projected stars for Florida State this year have been injured at some point. I mean, Florida State has really had the injury bug this year. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get off of it here soon and they can start to get some consistency in the lineup. Yeah, 13 and eight record, considering all that. And, and uh, eight and seven ACC record, you're and still you in the race. Once. I mean, yeah, you know, not you too bad. Definitely you, take it. Yeah, you definitely take it. And, um, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Six o'clock, I believe. Two o'clock 
Saturday, and then noon on Sunday, folks. That's an ACC Network national game. So uh, they moved it up to 12 noon. Just uh, keep that in mind. And it is on uh, the ACC Network if you want to watch uh, that way. So, all right, well, we'll talk hopefully next week. Um, sorry about condensing it into just one show this week. Uh, busy for uh, both Brett and myself. Um, Brett's been kind of the Iron Man all over the place uh, in Indianapolis. Tough loss uh, for... Not great. Not, Not great, but how was the experience in Indianapolis for a couple of weeks? Definitely something. I mean, lots of lots of good places to eat there. Um, you know, it's just fun to be in that atmosphere. Um, you know, at least good to get to the Sweet 16. Definitely not the way you want it to end, but I think Florida State maxed out kind of what they, they could have done this year for sure. Yeah, I hope Florida State can uh, max out this weekend against UNC uh, on the baseball diamond. All right, Brett, well, we'll be back next week, hopefully two full episodes, hopefully after a Florida State series win. Are you predicting a Florida State series win? I'm going to go with the Florida State series win this now that my streak was broken of two losses. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with FSU here, two or three, and um, we'll see if the Knowles can come through here. Uh, until next week, Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt signing off. We'll talk to you soon.